Okay, everybody, get ready, because today we're going to go to school. That's right, a little school. A little school didn't hurt anybody. I'm not saying it to scare you. I'm just saying we ought to talk about something that's recently been on my mind, and I think that's enough reason to have the podcast as I can even think of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm Todd Conklin, your host, and today, of all days, is the day where we're going to talk about stuff. But before we get into the schooling part, because you know that's coming, right? I mean, you know that's part of the gig. Let's check in and see how you're doing. So in the United States, in North America, let's be a little more inclusive, it is autumnal, it is fall, and I just got back from my journeys. Uh, I was actually in Munich and I went to Oktoberfest. Um, what an interesting trip that was. It was really fun, actually. I mean, I had a really good time. But now in the sort of autumnal time, it's, uh, it's an extra cool time. I've told you this before. It's an extra cool time to be in New Mexico because everything smells good. The leaves are starting to change colors. Uh, the trees are looking golden and crinkly. Is crinkly a word? Not crinkly. Twinkly. Maybe twinkly and crinkly is the word I want to use. And uh, it's great. And the days are are shorter, for sure, which kind of sucks a little. But the nights are very calm and collective. And it's the perfect time to bike ride, except that, and I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. But there are tons of other people now on the trails. You know, I sort of went into this thing, and I used to be the only person on the bike trails. Like, that was, I was just me. Like, Solo Lobo, Wild Adventure, Breaking into New Turf, you know, doing some exciting stuff. And that's kind of all gone away now. Now there are bazillions of people, all of them trucking along on their bicicletas, on their bikes, having a great time. And it's cool. I love sharing the trail. And, you know, I use preemptive politeness to keep people from being angry. So I always greet everyone. How are you doing? Good morning. You know, all that kind of stuff, uh, which works beautifully. If you can preemptively be polite, then they don't ever yell at you. Or passing them or going around them or whatever weird thing could possibly happen. And, and it's been a really good experiment. You know, I'm always kind of running these sociological experiments, but it's really great fun. And to be really honest, and I should be honest with you because why lie, it's kind of cool to see all these people out. Because that, that's a big change, at least in the part of the world I live in, is you see a lot more people out and about. And and I, I think that's been a good thing. That's been great uh, all the way around. As for the rest of us and, you know, work and stuff, it's just trudging along. Who knows what the future will hold? I mean, this is crazy. It's, it's the most interesting time on earth. And I mean that not in the good way. I mean, you know, we talk about uncertainty all the time. Holy guacamole. Holy crap on a cracker. Could we have more uncertainty than we have now? I don't know if it's possible. And I mean that. I, I honestly don't know if it's possible because that's the crazy part about really everything. It's the crazy part about what we do. It's the crazy part about the work we do. It's the crazy part of all the workers who work with us is they make sense out of a world that's constantly changing. And they do it every single day. And if that doesn't impress you, well, what does impress you? I mean, the, the resilience that people have is just remarkable. I, I, I'm amazed by it all the time. And, and quite honestly, if you haven't noticed it, let me help you focus your attention on just the amount of resilience that takes place, how, 
how much things change, how many things happen, and how people simply just adjust in real time and move forward, whatever forward looks like. And that's a remarkable part of the journey we all share as human beings. It's also a remarkable part of how work gets done. Because really, it's true on the shop floor. It's true in the warehouse. It's true in the plant. It's true everywhere. And it's also true in your life. And so we share that. And that adaptability, that capacity, all the things we've talked about forever and ever, well, that's a big part of what keeps people moving and how people remain successful and upright and can make it through another day of just flat in your face, smack, smack, smack uncertainty. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. In fact, that's probably, I didn't even mean for this to happen, but that's probably as good of an introduction as we can have uh, uh, about today's topic. Because I feel like we need to really tackle today's topic because I don't think I've done a good job in bringing this information together. And I, and I should. I mean, I don't have any excuse for not doing a good job. I, maybe I could say I've looked at individual parts in great depth. We've done that together. But now I think it's probably better to look at sort of the overall scheme. The I would call them the abilities. And, and you'll see why we call them the abilities as we progress through this discussion. Because it's a big part of what makes an organization successful. And there's a lot to be said about creating success. In fact, there's a whole podcast coming around on that very topic because I've done a lot of, of work in trying to understand what makes organizations succeed. And that actually is not an easy answer, it, nor is it one single answer because that would be crazy. I mean, that's not true. But there's a lot to observe. And given the opportunity to observe it, having a large enough N, which means having enough organizations by which I've been invited to actually peek around, really helped create an environment where there was pretty good information together. But before we have that talk, and we should have that talk because that's a really important talk to have, let's talk about these abilities, these David Woodsian abilities. Because I think that is exactly where our conversation must lead. And so lead away we will. Let's discuss this. So when you look at what makes an organization resilient, and that's something I'm going to ask you to look for because that's a big part of what we talk about. David Woods talks about sort of the four, I'm not sure I think he calls them the four types of resilience, um, the four characteristics, the individual characteristics of resilience. And there are distinctly these four categories that exist. And they all fit nicely around this notion of ability. Now, he doesn't really phrase them that way, but that's okay because we're going to have this discussion. And I want to get them to you in a way that they're memorable because memorable is a pretty important part of what we want to talk about. And so to do that, let me just start by talking about resilience in the work we do. Resilience for product safety, resilience for industrial safety, resilience for quality, resilience for mission, resilience for operations. You manage resilience. That's what you manage because you live in a world that's filled with uncertainty. 
you cannot predict what will happen next, even though we try desperately to predict what will happen next. We can't. We, we're terrible at it. And so because we're in a world full of uncertainty and we cannot predict what happens in the future, we really are reliant upon our ability of our organizations to be resilient, to flex and twist and turn and learn in order to complete the mission that the organization is set forth on this earth to do safely, reliably within the quality specifications, you understand the notion of resilience and resilience is a big part of what happens. A brittle system when tested snaps, it breaks a resilient system when tested, it it bends, it it moves with the will of the uncertainty. And, And so that's, that's kind of a brief discussion. And that's really brief of what resilience is. Not that you needed to hear that, because I'm guessing you know that, but it's something that we probably ought to use as the ground upon which we build this discussion moving forward. Now, what's so interesting is that within that notion of resilience, there are these distinct abilities that exist, and they're pretty much in order. We need to start with one and end with four. There's only four. And we need to understand that these are prepotent of one another, that one must exist for the next to exist, for the next to exist, for the next to exist. And that idea is a really important part of how we build this discussion, how, how things happen and how we move forward. And so when you think of resilience, I want you to think of these four abilities, recoverability, extensibility, adaptability, and sustainability. Because those four areas are muy importante. They're really important for us to understand, but more significantly for us to ensure that they exist in our daily operations. Whether you run a crew of utility workers, linemen, if you will, or a crew of executives at a, at a board of directors level, these abilities become vital in creating an environment where uh, the organization can succeed in spite of, in the face of, uncertainty. And it really all starts with this notion of recoverability. So I will tell you that, that every organization has to build enough recoverability so that when something happens, they can actually be flexible enough, be robust enough to withstand the event. Now, whatever that means is really dependent on the context of the event itself. But there needs to be enough margin within the system and enough robustness. Our systems are strong enough. They're prepared. We don't believe in the notion of a perfect system. We don't believe in the notion of perfect workers. And so we build systems that are by design loaded with recoverability. So the rumble strip is a great idea of that. The rumble strip, when you drive along and you drift in your car towards the edge of the road and you hit that series of grooves that are built into the pavement, into the tarmac, as it were, and your car buzzes and it causes you to detect and correct, that's this notion of recoverability. And recoverability is vital to how we think about moving forward. And it's foundational to this idea of resilience. And so when you look at a system, it just behooves you to look at a system and ask this question, is this system built with recoverability in mind? Do we have a way to, well, for instance, like with Gmail, do we have a way 
to draw an email back if we've accidentally sent it. That's, that's this notion of recoverability. And, and it's vital to what we do. And good systems understand this. They may not have purposely understood it, but over time, good systems create recoverability in the process so that things, in fact, are rescuable. That when something happens, it's not a brittle snap of the system, but it, in fact, starts a shutter in the system and triggers and tests the levels of recoverability. Which takes us to the second form that's vital as well, and that's this notion of extensibility. Now, David Woods calls it something remarkable. And I do think it's remarkable because it's kind of romantic and it's a really cool way to think about it. He calls it graceful extensibility. And that's the ability for your organization when something tests it, when the recoverability is, is triggered, does the organization have the ability to expand and actually encompass the event that's transpiring at the time. So have we built in enough graceful extensibility? And one of the examples that I think is really interesting to think about is these rockets that all these millionaires and billionaires are shooting up all over the country, right? Now, this notion of graceful extensibility is really an important notion, especially when you put people on the rocket. And let's say you're trying to come back and re-enter the Earth's atmosphere but conditions are not correct. They're not good. It, it, it will not be a good thing to do. And so the, uh, the notion of re-entering the Earth's atmosphere is stalled. But luckily, because of the way it works, you can always take one more orbit around the Earth and try again the next time. Now, that is a really interesting example of this notion of graceful extensibility. Do our systems allow the extension of all the things that keep us working, the controls, the barriers, the safeguards, do they allow that extension in a graceful way so the system can move and grow as it's needed to move and grow whilst something is taking place? That's a remarkably important part of resilience. And this notion of graceful extensibility, and you have examples of this everywhere. In fact, one of the really interesting things you ought to do is go out and look for graceful extensibility because you'll find it. I mean, it's there. It's right there, bigger than Dallas, ready to show its face to you. That notion of graceful extensibility is a part of, of the resilience that your organization has. So we started with the notion of recoverability. That's the first ability. We've now talked about the second ability, which is extensibility. Let's talk about the third ability, which may be the most important, and that's the ability to adapt. In fact, I would suggest the game is won and lost by understanding complex adaptive behaviors. So something happens, the organization shudders, that's recoverability. Things extend, buying us more time, that's graceful extensibility. But now we must move forward and solve the problem. That is the complex adaptive ability, adaptability. And that happens every day, all day long, all across your organization, no matter where you are in the world. Your workers constantly identify issues, find and stabilize those issues, adapt the work they're doing to move forward 
because of those issues and then complete the task. Problem solving is a great example of complex adaptive ability. Solving issues in real time is an enormously important part of how organizations can succeed. Looking beyond the rules, looking beyond the one right way to do a job is really an example of this idea of complex adaptive behavior. And people do it because they have expertise on your system. They have expertise on your product. They know the job. They know the people. They know really the capabilities and the capacity of what you do. And they're able to actually move closer and closer to those edges to adapt without actually crossing the line over into Dangerville, which would be on the other side of the edge of adaptability. Dangerville is a, it's a nice city. I'm not anti-Dangerville. Uh, I just wouldn't want to live there. That's all I'm going to say. This ability to adapt complex adaptive behaviors, actually, that's such an important part of resilience, but it's also kind of a double-edged sword because that's oftentimes where people get into trouble because they make adaptive decisions, the system fails, and they look like they're out on the edge making crazy, crazy actions. It's all a part of these four abilities. So we start with recoverability. You know what that means. We move through graceful extensibility. Extensibility is the second one. We get to this complex adaptive system, the adaptability of the system. And then finally, we end with sustainability. None of this matters if we don't actually get better, if we don't improve. Improve. Did I say approve? I meant improve. Improve is where I was going with that. None of this matters. And in fact, this notion that the organization takes all this resilience knowledge and then builds it into the next iteration of the work is really how progress happens. If you look at operational learning like Bob Edwards does, or you look at the way things change or the way people get smarter or the way expertise is built, all those things kind of fall into the same category. You can't not talk about the notion of sustainability. Now, sustainability is vital. In fact, it might be the most important one of the four abilities because sustainability allows the organization to get better. And that's one of the reasons we talk so much about blame because blame stops improvement. And if improvement is stopped, then resilience is not sustainable. And I could say that again, but ultimately let's do it a little quicker. Blame stops the organization's ability to sustainably change and become better. And so even though it seems like we sort of harp on the same thing all the time, because I guess we have to, what we're really doing is actually building into the conversation the belief that the work that is happening and what we're learning in the midst of this work actually has to come back and change the way the work is done the next time. Our systems must improve. And remember, because I can't say this enough times, even though I've said it a million times, improvement is a deliberate strategy. So therefore, sustainability of resilience must be a deliberate effort that the organization tackles, addresses, and actually understands. Whether you measure it or monitor it, that's an entirely other podcast. Ultimately, you understand that sustainable improvement is a part of the system. Now, sustainability is not easy, and it's not a throwaway, and it's not something that happens at the end. Even though it's the fourth one, 
sustainability is vital. And in fact, what it says is we can build a system, we can actually create an environment where what just happened need not happen again. And that is the definition of learning, which is directly the definition of improving. And our job, near as I can tell, no matter where you work, no matter what position you have, is to actually make the organization better, to improve the work you do tomorrow based upon what you learned doing the work today. Now, that idea is not new or novel, but I'm not sure we think about it as a strategy, as a part of the four parts of resilience. In fact, I'll be bold enough to tell you, I'm sure we don't think of it as a strategy. We don't think of it as a direct way to improve and get better, but we should because it's vital. And so when you think about the four parts of resilience, recoverability, extensibility, adaptability, and sustainability, that gives you an entirely new way to think about the work you do, an entirely new set of targets, of, of compass points, of north stars, even though there shouldn't be more than one north star, but let's just go with that metaphor as far as we can, that you can drive to. And what it does for me, and I think about this a lot, is it kind of gives me the criteria by which I can look at the work I'm doing and assess where I am. Am I moving in the right direction? Am I moving the organization in a place where the organization will truly benefit from the work that's happening? Am I making work better for the people who touch the tools and do the work? And what's amazing about that is if you look at the ideas, recoverability, it's vital. Systems that are non-recoverable are terrible systems. They're systems that absolutely will fail. Extensibility, that's vital. Have we built in enough extensibility so we can always hedge the bet? We can buy a little bit more time. Adaptability, are we in a position where we understand that rules created and rigidly applied created an organizational environment where rules have to be broken in order to get work done? And are we smart enough and mature enough and humble enough to actually realize that workers are constantly adapting in real time to the contextual environment around them? And then last but not least, are we learning from it? Are we getting better? Is it sustainable? Are we sustaining the knowledge we've learned? Are we coding it into our systems? Are we learning and becoming better leaders, better workers, better managers, better board members? Are we learning because of the resilience our organization has? Because resilience without sustainability is fine. There's nothing wrong with it at all. In fact, it's vital. But resilience with sustainability, that actually equates into improvement. These four abilities of resilience they're vital to what we want to do. And I told you earlier, we're going to go to school. We're done. Class is pretty much over. It's time for recess. Grab the football and let's go out and play. But ultimately, these four abilities color everything you do. And think about it. And that's the good part of this discussion is that you can think about the work you do and you can find direct 
correlations to these four areas. Because you do this all the time. You're good at it. And that's remarkable. But you know who's really good at it? Who's better at it than you are? The people who do high-risk critical operations every single day. They know these. They may not be able to list them. I mean, who cares? But they know these. And it's a big part of how work is done. That discussion, I think, was a discussion that we should have probably had maybe, I don't know, three years ago. But timing is what timing is. And it felt like the right time now, at least in my mind, it's something that I was thinking about. And it's a big part of that discussion. So there we have it, you guys. That's the pod. The abilities. We talked about the abilities. And and I like that part of the pod. And I really wanted to share this with you because I think it's pretty vital to where we are and, and what we're doing. And more importantly, I think to a great extent, and bless you, David Woods, for doing this, it sort of helps us understand more completely this very, very large concept of resilience. Because it's pretty big. I mean, you can't just tell a, a work group to become more resilient. I mean, you can tell them that, but I'm not sure what they would do next. What this allows you to do is kind of find the four areas that you can monitor and ensure that those four areas are well represented. That's how we make the world a better place. But more importantly, that's how we stop killing workers. Or that's how we create high-quality product on time within schedule and on budget. We do all the things we need to do in order to ensure operational excellence. And that probably is a pretty important feature in operational excellence. That is the pod for today. It's a short and sweet one, but you guys really like these ones where I talk, which I can't figure out why, but you like them. I mean, they, they do really well. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. You can share this any way you want to. That's true of any podcast. Go crazy. Act like you wrote it. Put your name on it. Take it away. I don't care. Right? But ensure that you think about these four levels of ability, these, these resilience abilities, because they're pretty important to think about. Learn something new every single day. I, I bet you did today. Today was a pretty good day for that, don't you think? Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other, because that's important. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. The four abilities. You want me to refresh you? Recoverability, extensibility, adaptability, and sustainability. See you in a couple days. Have a good week. Peace.